everyone, welcome to Game Face episode 20, Matt. The 20th 20. episode. 20. <laughs> I can't believe, I mean, honestly, I think we've been doing this show for six months now, but it's yeah. been five months of episodes. The time, it just flies by, man. Like, it does. It's, it, it seems like just yesterday, I didn't know which graphic button to hit yeah. to bring up the big six. <laughs> and now we're... Now you're out here. You're out here. Now you're on the show. I'm dressed better than you are. Yeah, yeah. It's what's crazy. The it's... World? <laughs> Cats and dogs getting along. Yeah. <laughs> Mass hysteria. Yeah, yeah. Mass hysteria. Twenty episodes, though. That's a, a mini milestone. That's a yeah. that's a whole lot of work that's gone into twenty episodes of Game Face. Thanks for. A lot of shows don't make it that far. You're right. Well, a lot of TV shows don't make it past yeah. the fifth episode. But since I'm the one who would conceivably cancel Game <laughs> Face, I don't know if that's a fair comparison. But uh, but. Here here we are for episode 20. Obviously, we've gotten through Gamescom at this point, uh, but honestly, like the shows are just going to kind of keep on coming. D23, the big Disney show, happened this past weekend. Matt, you were there. We'll be talking yeah, about there. that in a little bit. And then there's all these little ones coming up. There's like Paris Game Show that Sony's going to be mm-hmm. a part of. There's Tokyo Game Show. There's... Uh, uh, PAX, is, PAX Prime. PAX Prime is next weekend. Next weekend. What? Speaking oh. of which, I will be at PAX, people. And if you see me walking around the floor, come up and say hello. It would be great to meet some of you sifters in person. Uh, Matt will be there as well. I'll be there. Uh, you can ask me where Shane is. Yeah. <laughs> I might know. <laughs> I'm just going to be there promoting sifted. So uh, you'll see me handing out flyers and trying to uh, convince people to become subscribers to sifted. And also enjoying the show as well, getting some time to play some games. Lots of indie stuff is going to be there. I know yes, I'm getting definitely. just overloaded with emails to come check out X, Y, and Z indie game. I mean, a big part of it might be that they're the only people left who have appointments. But <laughs> True, true. But uh, it's always been kind of a mecca for, for indie games. And I wonder if we'll see The Witness yeah. again. Or, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's good that that's, that that's there, that there's a, a show where, where those games are the top dogs. Yeah, basically. yeah, I mean, look, the big boys still roll in there. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to see a, a smattering of that stuff, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, PAX really is for the smaller guys. Yeah, I think public sentiment at PAX is really tilted towards the, the little guys. And, uh, you know, I've certainly found a lot of games there and through coverage of PAX that I would never have played otherwise. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, also, then, so then you have Tokyo Game Show. Oh, boy. And then they just announced today that the Video Game Awards are coming back. Jeff Keighley announced today, I believe on Twitter, that that show's coming back for a second year, which is great to see. And I'm sure that will be even better this year than it was last year, and I really enjoyed it last year. So, And then the games. I mean, the games are starting to flood in here. Uh, Metal Gear's coming in the next couple days. Um, I just got Super Mario Maker today to start playing for review. Disney Infinity 3.0. That's coming out. That's coming out real soon. Lego Universe or Lego Dimensions is in September. I mean, we've yeah. we got big stuff. Coming. Well, from here on out, every single week, there's at least one big release. And it, we have been suffering. It was a tough time to launch. Yeah, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it was a dark time for the Rebellion for a while there yeah. in terms of game releases. It but, was a uh, tough time to launch the site, too, because, you know, a lot of people go to websites for the big releases, and we really haven't had that many since the site launched. No, we had this like, is definitely the bleakest summer I can remember. I for know. A while now. I mean, we had Bloodborne, which actually wasn't even the summertime. Yeah, that and, was March. And then The Witcher. Witcher 3 held, held me over most of the same. Yeah. And there were some good smaller releases here and there. Mortal Kombat was yeah, in there. And but, like, this, the summer was really sparse. It was a dry one. But things are about to change, folks. It's about to get hype up in this place. Yeah. And uh, we'll be starting to roll out all these reviews for the big games one after another in the weeks to come. But for now, 
let's get to the big six. NPD numbers out, Matt, for July 2015, yes. the year of our Lord. Let's take a look. <laughs> yep, so we, uh, I guess let's talk about the top 10 games first. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, a game that is just surprising me, not just in the U.S., but everywhere, is Lego Jurassic World. Mm -hmm. That game is setting the sales charts ablaze. It's been number one in the U.K. now, like, Three weeks in a row, there was like one week where Rare Replay last week came in and like took it for one week. Now Rare Replay dropped all the way down in those charts. And that Lego was a Jurassic loaded game, I think. yeah, for sure. And then Lego Jurassic World just jumped right back up to that top spot. And here we have it: U.S. sales number one game from last month, Lego Jurassic World. I didn't see that one coming, huh? No, like, look, man, these Lego games, like, they have some serious legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh! Now we should get canceled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, right. now I'm going to cancel us. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need to see you in your office. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dude, I mean, uh, can you believe this? I mean, look, it's one I'm of the biggest out... movies of all time. It like, is. It, you know, it's the only real. You know, there's a mobile game, but there's, that's the only real like you know co-op family game you can pick up for Jurassic World. I'm just so... and it's all the Jurassic movies. So. It is. I'm just so sick of Lego games, man. Like. I would, you'd think so, but like people love it. Like people st and like Lego Dimensions. I mean, I'm interested in Lego Dimensions because like it's got all those crazy licenses. But my question is like, okay, so and like I I kind of change my answer now to this question, but it's like, are people gonna pay that much money for these Lego things? For like, I mean, Lego the, the game itself is like the starter set is like a hundred bucks, and like the the le the level you know sets are like thirty or something. And I mean, I mean, even the fun packs or whatever are like fifteen. I mean, they're pricey even for those you know even for the toys to life. Genre. Oh, for sure, yeah. And like, I'm like, well, are people gonna really pay that? And then I look at this and I'm like, well, the fever is there. Oh yeah. The 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 hunger is there, and and you combine you know Jurassic World can do that. Combine that with Back to the Future and Doctor Who, like you might have a. A sales explosion on your hands here. I'm wondering if the reason these games are still selling so well is because most people don't buy them all. Whereas uh, us, yeah. we're in the press, so we end up playing like all of them because we kind of have to, and maybe that's why we've kind of reached that burnout level already. Somewhat, but I think part of it is also like they are really dependable games. Like they I are. Mean, I mean, you, I mean, if you what, want a game you know to play what you're with your get. kids, like call up with your kids or whatever, and you know you're not going to run into any weird sex stuff. You're not going to run into any swearing. You're not going to, you know, you know exactly what you're getting. You know your kids like the gameplay. You know, so I think some of that is definitely at play where it's like, it's like a guaranteed game your kids are going to like. You're going to be able to play together and not have to worry about anything. And it's just, there it goes. Well, I think the other thing, too, is that parents know that they can play the games with their kids. True. They're yes. co-op games. They know, and they're simple. They're not going to sit there and explain every last thing to their kids while they're playing. But holy cow, dude, WB is just on a tear. Yeah. I mean, they, or it, is becoming one of the most powerful publishers mm -hmm. in the industry. Got almost three of the overnight. Top ten here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So let's go to the set. They have number, yeah, one, number and one and two. So Batman, Batman Arkham, Knight. Arkham Knight. I can't believe it got knocked out by like, <laughs> like a Jurassic World. World. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Would people, not have called that. True. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, is people are saying that if the bundles were counted in with Batman sales, that then it would actually have sold better than Lego Jurassic mm. World. So. You know, Batman's still doing pretty well. I just think a lot of people who wanted to buy it just moved on and got maybe got their console, got their first yeah. PlayStation 4 or whatever. I know at least six people that bought a PlayStation 4 bundle with it. I yeah. Mean, it, it, was a, it was a system seller. I yeah, think. yeah. So it, it's done really well. I mean, it probably really is number one. And then there's 
Minecraft. Minecraft. I love that. Uh, who is who is it had the title like the headline for the NPD results was Minecraft won't go away. Yeah, it was like I can't remember who that was, but it's true. It's like you know. For those questioning Microsoft's wisdom in buying oh, it was genius. Minecraft as a brand, like, oh, man. And it's just like, that is just going to pay off and pay off and pay off. And then 20 years from now, you're going to have Minecraft nostalgia. Yeah, see, people don't even realize. They don't think about the long-term yeah, Minecraft is playing the long game beyond even our lifetimes, frankly. Yeah. I mean, that Minecraft is going to be Mario. Of it will be, the, for the, sure. Of the, of next the generation that hasn't even been named yet after yeah, the millennials. After millennials, yeah. yeah. Which, what will they be called? They'll be called millennials 20 years from now? Like the baby Probably. boomers or what? Right, yeah. <laughs> well, like baby boomers, nobody even knows, remembers what that means necessarily. So yeah. What? Like just people that like blew up babies? I don't know what baby, what is that? Like, no one knows that anymore. So the rest of the top 10 here, I mean, it's not even really worth mentioning. They're all games that have been in the top 10 for forever. forever. The only exception would be Royal Mount. I don't know why I can't say this. Rory McElroy PGA Tour. Comes in at fifth, and that'll fade away. That'll be gone yeah. next month. And I think it actually, I've read that it had sold 70% better than the last game with Tiger Woods' name on it. So Poor Tiger. Yeah, he really, he really can't catch a break. So let's move on to the console sales. Um, PlayStation 4, obviously, still dominating. Still Second month in a row, it was top in sales. Um, Xbox One, here's the thing, though. Xbox One isn't doing terrible by any stretch of the imagination. No. It no. is up 44% year over year. It sold 190K machines in July. In July, I mean, That's, look. Yeah, usually a dead month. For look, if we sales. weren't staring at these astronomical PlayStation 4 numbers, yeah. the Xbox One numbers would be freaking us out just as much as the PlayStation 4 numbers. Yeah, it's, it's almost like the Wii in last gen, where it's like, like yeah, PS3 and... Xbox 360 are doing well, but there are these tiny little things next to the Wii. Up here. Like the PlayStation yeah. 4 is running away with it. Yeah, I mean, it is at this point running away with it. I don't know that there's any, but it, look, it doesn't matter because Microsoft is up 44% yeah. year over year. It's out tracking the Xbox 360 by a significant margin. Obviously, Microsoft made plenty of money off of that platform. It's not going to have to eat all those red ring of death costs like it yeah. did last time. Um, which literally cost it like a billion dollars or yeah. something crazy. So it's a testament to how wide and broad I think the industry has become that it can support those two systems and they can both be successful. One can be way more successful. Yeah. But like Microsoft isn't dying. Oh no. Oh they're not going away. And then on the other end of the scale, the the sor- mm. the, the poor Wii U Still up. Soldiering on. The Nintendo Wii U up, still up 10% year over year. They're yeah. attributing that mostly to Splatoon. Splatoon did, has done 540K That's sales good. in the U.S. When you're looking at the install base of the Wii U in America, mm-hmm. which is around 8, 9 million, I'm guessing. Yeah, I know it's a little over bad. 10 worldwide. So, I mean, that's a pretty high attach rate for Splatoon there. I mean, I'm no mathematician, but that's... No, that Splatoon is... I would say Splatoon has earned its place as a as a new Nintendo French. I, I think we'll see Splatoon again. I mean, it's done over a million worldwide, and there's 10 million out there. So there's a 10% attach rate worldwide with the Wii U yeah, and Splatoon. Yeah, that's very, very good. Especially in, in recent... You know, this industry... You know, we're not in... Uh, you know, we're not in NES world anymore where, you know, Super Mario Bros. 3 can be, like, owned by 90% of the owners of a system. Like, that just doesn't happen. Well, anymore. that only happens when you pack a game in with the it system. <laughs> like Wii Sports, for instance. Yeah. You know, that was an example of where that, there's a really high attach rate there. I got to admit, um, I don't know if you saw the, the Splatoon news today. 
um, that uh, thinks August 28th is the one-day Transformers event. Yeah. I think they got me. But you know what it is, right? <laughs> it's actually not... All it well, is... Well, it's a new TV show. It's a new cartoon show. And, like, but, shirts or something. I right. Guess. That's all it is. It's like your team... One team wears shirts with an Autobot logo, mm-hmm. and the other team wears shirts with a Decepticon logo. It it's not be. like there are, like, Transformers, right. like, running through the levels. Right, or... but that still might be enough. Yeah. Have um, you not played Splatoon? I've not played Splatoon. Wow. No. You should play it, man. It's surprisingly... Well, apparently I will, because yeah. they're, they're hitting me where I live on this one. It, you know, it's completely different. People, You look at it, you think it's a shooter. It really doesn't play like a shooter at all. Mm. And if I would call it a shooter. I would call it a cover shooter with the ground as the cover spots mm. because oh, you, you can you dip below the, the ink yeah. and you use it like cover like you go down and then you pop back up as if you were just like popping out behind mm. like a wall or whatever so i mean i'm ready for uh, yeah i own like six wii u games just yeah. in preparation in case they went out of print. that's hilarious like wonderful 101 because <laughs> i was like wonderful 101 banded too like i bought yeah. all those things because i'm like well by the time i get a wii u I, like these might be gone i wouldn't open up wonderful 101 i'd just hold on to that sucker for mm. 10 or 15 years. It's probably going to be worth some money. When I was on, uh, when I was on um, up north at the wedding uh, last weekend, uh, I picked up uh, Pikmin 3 at yeah. GameStop. We stopped it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to grab that. Yeah, yeah. That sucker's out of print. I opened my Pikmin 3. There was no way I was going to play that sucker. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. The, other, the only other thing worth 3DS really, doing well. 3DS doing real well still, up 35% year over year for, I think that stat was actually for the first seven months of this year compared to the first seven months of last year. Mm. Uh, so 3DS continuing to build momentum, continuing to do even better. Um, the Vita not even mentioned in Sony's reports anymore. No. So I think we all know where that's headed. Um, the Vita is, is being propped up by some real... <clears throat> ni- the Vita might be the most niche system I've ever seen at this point. Well, like, at this okay. point, it's just a dumping ground for indie games. Indie I mean, games, and also I think it's it's kind of where you get your you know digital only, but it's like kind of where Xseed and Atlas are are throwing all these like really niche anime. Well, Japan. every Japanese Usually, game, games that you never would have seen in the West yeah. before the, before this. this pretty much game. every Japanese RPG that's announced is announced for PlayStation Four and Vita. Yeah, that's pretty much how it works. It's not Xbox One. It's not Wii U. Yeah. Those are the two platforms that With really Atlas, get all the love. Atlas swearing Persona Five is coming this year to North America. I still and don't believe it. I don't either. But I. I hope to come through. I really would like to play that this year. Yep. So overall, the industry was up 6% year over year. Well done. I'll take it. Not bad. I mean, hardware... is good. Here's the thing. Hardware sales are going to slowly taper off. Yeah. I mean, they're never going to stay as strong as they were the first year, year and a half. So 6%, I'll take that. And the other thing is Xbox One plus PlayStation 4 are trending 50% higher than PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 at the That's same point great. in their remember when this, That is insane. Remember when this generation was like just about to launch and everyone was like, oh, consoles are dead. dead like, there's no yeah. way. Like, mobile's like, taking no over. I was like, mm, I, think, <laughs> I think there's room. I think there's room. I love seeing it. I love yeah. seeing it. So I love seeing this. This was These were July numbers, by the way. When the industry is dead, there weren't a lot of great games yeah, coming so out. So it's like, what's going to happen when like Fallout 4 and Battlefront are on the show? We're going to start seeing it now. I mean, yeah. like I said, every week from here on out for the rest of the year, there's at least one big game that comes out. Yeah. So it, these numbers are just going to climb and get better and just make us all the more happy. Going to be a good, good, good season, I think, for the game industry. It's it, we're, it's the second year. This should this yeah. holiday this season. This is where everything hits its stride. Where yeah. We start seeing the games that were that were made after everybody had the yeah. hardware in their hands. Yeah, yeah. Where you start seeing like the second next gen game from you know developers that try like a launch title. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's it's an exciting time. It is. It's going to get better and better. So let's move on to our next topic. So and we're going to talk about a game that was released. We already mentioned in the show that was released a while ago. The Witcher Three. 
Witcher 3 has been amazing for DLC. I mean, they're putting out mm -hmm. free stuff every week. The big story for Witcher 3 now, though, is that it has released the mod tools for Witcher 3. And the Witcher 2's mod tools were absolutely insane. Yeah, red kit. Yeah, the red kit. Yeah. And here, what happened is they put out the tools. The tools are nowhere near as robust mm -hmm. as the tools were for The Witcher 2. And the caveat is, is that in one interview many, many moons ago, one of the developers from CD Projekt Red said that word, Red right. Kit. And so a certain faction of fans just assumed, well, if that's what you're going to call it, well, then the tools are going to be as good as the tools I got for Witcher 2. So the tools come out, they're not as good as the original Red Kit, and now the fans are going insane over this. Mm -hmm. Matt, what is your perspective on this? Do they have a right to be angry over this? I, well, obviously CD Projekt Red has learned the lesson on this game of be careful what you say three years before you release. Yeah. Because that same thing, it's the same thing with you know, the, the video that looked better than what ended up being released. It's just, yeah, you know, which we've talked about people, on the show yeah, before. Yeah, people are going to hold you to that. I wonder... You know, I mean, clear. I haven't messed with the mods, the mod kit yet uh, on Witcher 3. I barely played it, really, in the last week. But um, from what I've seen, like, on Sifted's, like, articles and stuff, it looks like it's mainly a horse repainting kit. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, that's mainly seems to be what people are using it for. It's like, well, you look can at what do... we did to the horse, you know? It's like, um, but, like, I understand. I mean, I'm not a modder, but I understand why people would be angry. Because, like, you look at that game and it just begs to, like... Be messed with. Oh, I mean, look at that stuff. That, for instance, just this week they put out new alpha footage of that crazy mod for Skyrim. Yeah. I mean, look how long ago Skyrim came out. So that's the type of thing you could expect from The Witcher Three if the tools were there yeah. for. And people. it could give this game a life of half a decade or <laughs> eternity. More. I mean, yeah. yeah. Could, people could just constantly because it's. It's such a powerful engine, and there's so much you can do with it, and, and, and it's different. I'm sure. I don't know for sure, but I'm sure there's things you can do in their red engine that's better or easier or different than like say Skyrim. Yeah. And so it might, you know, maybe some people that want to do some stuff in Skyrim and couldn't could actually realize that on The Witcher. Well, also you're, we'll you're talking about that. an engine that's pretty new. Very new. Compared yeah. to Skyrim where a lot of the modders ended up doing all the the heavy lifting for that because mm -hmm. they had this engine that was built years and years ago and they're actually the ones who have gone in and really written to the metal to get more out of it. Yeah. Here you're starting your base starting level with The Witcher 3 is tremendous. So mm -hmm. Imagine what they, I, you know, I, I, I gotta say, like, I think they're being ridiculous. You paid $60 for a game, like, you've already got 100 mm -hmm. hours out of that game? At you've least. got way more than oh, that. Oh, I've got, I'm, I'm closing out on 200 between PS4 and PC at Yeah, this point. I mean, a lot of people are like that, though. And I'm gonna play New Game Plus, yeah. you know, which is another DLC that they put, I mean, they, 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 they did it They just launched upright. today, actually. Yeah. Game Plus launched today. They did it upright, and, like, I mean, I totally understand why people are upset that it's not what they were expecting. Um, and actually, I have a feeling that, you know, with all the yelling about it, like, if I were CD Projekt Red, I'd be like, all right, we'll work some, you know, I bet we'll see an update to the, to the modding. You I think mean, they I, will? Well, they said they wouldn't you know, on Twitter, but, like, if there's anything we've learned, is the game industry is susceptible to uh, fanboys. reacting to fanboys <laughs> screaming online. Yeah. So it, it never ceases to amaze me how people, how developers and publishers will bend to the will of a small amount of people. Mm -hmm. But they're the most vocal a lot of times. Yeah, but and also and yeah. the most public facing as well because they're on social media slamming yeah. them. And, and you wonder, you know, how much influence they'll have or how many people they, you know. You know, who knows who they're recommending or not recommending things to? I, I understand the desire to keep them, you know, you know, keep them quiet, if not happy, quiet. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, clearly, I, I think they're telling the truth when they said they had no plans to do anything more. Oh, for sure. But I would yeah. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if like the first, you know, either the first or the second expansion, because maybe the, maybe it's too soon for the first. Because the first big expansion, I think, is supposed to be October. But then the second expansion, spring. I wouldn't be surprised if that second expansion maybe had a, a mod kit update to it. That maybe, maybe didn't make it as good as Red Kit, but like. Put it, put it on the level of something where people can make a little more involved content than just what they have now. I will say I am surprised that these mod tools aren't as robust as Yeah, that as is surprising. I, I mean, mean, I was a little shocked to find that out. I, I, I wonder, I'd love to know the reasoning or yeah, why that I happened. Mean, why would they dedicate so much money and time and effort into the last game, which, look, they knew it was going to do pretty well, Witcher 2, Yeah. but they knew The Witcher 3 was going to go crazy, yeah. and it did. And so... Once you see those first week sales, even if you had this original plan of, okay, well, our tools aren't going to be as mm-hmm. robust as they were before, maybe you switch gears at that point and you say, hey, so. our tools are going to be delayed a little bit, but you're going to be really happy about it. Or at least you change your tune. You put out what you had originally said you were going to put out or what you had originally mm-hmm. planned on putting out. And when you do, you say, hey, this look. This is just a taste. This like, is a taste. We're going to come out with more. So. Look, there's no easy answer on this, I don't think. Mm-hmm. it's. I, I think it's ridiculous for the fans to be banging on them over one statement they made in an interview three years ago. I mean, yeah, they had the to literally... forgets. You know, well, they don't forget because there's Google. I right. mean, honestly, somebody, what they did is they went to Google and searched Witcher 3 oh, you, you don't, Red Kit. You don't think there's people that are like that keep like files of all these quotes <laughs> like ready in case... I mean, I guarantee you. I have you, some faith in humanity, I gar- No, I guarantee you. <laughs> I've seen enough on Gaff. I've yeah. seen enough crow-eating threads on Gap that there are people that have to keep... What was, what was that one about? Like, there was somebody did, like, some it's crow-eating so thread on... It's so though. How can you live your life like that? Someone did some crow-eating thread on... Um, it was... Uh, it was... Uh, I think it was, like, in... It was DC versus uh, Mortal Kombat. And, like, someone resurrected a dead thread from, like, five years previous where he said this is going to happen and everybody made fun of him and he's just and it was the day it was announced that that game was coming out and he just resurrected and he's just like well i could see if i I were the one if you were the one statement but you see there's people there are people like whip up like this internet you know internet detectiving is so amazing and so fast that i have to imagine that there's some people who if they care so much about a certain game they'll kind of keep a a file I just think that's ridiculous. It's vindictive. I'm not saying it's not ridiculous. I'm just saying it's out there. You should find better things to do with your time. Someone's writing you down right now. I'm sure. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I think it's ridiculous that they're making such a big deal about this um, Mm. personally. But I also also think it's ridiculous that once CD Projekt Red saw the success of Witcher 3, they didn't adjust their strategy a little bit. Because you had to know that they knew that when they finally put it out there that some people were going to be disappointed. Yeah, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. So, so yeah, I think both. Um, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of silly to scream about it. But on the other hand, it's amazing to me that they have to get angry about that. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, it was like, you don't. You didn't get your money's worth. Especially with the <laughs> considering the Witcher two to the Witcher three. Yeah. It's a. It's like you wouldn't expect anything in the Witcher three to be lesser or smaller or smaller scale than the Witcher two. Right. And you finally hit the one thing that is. And it's the mod tools. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like weird. Like maybe they and don't. And selfishly, I do want them to like renege. Yeah, because I want because yeah. I want to see what people would create with this stuff. I'm so. like, what? Are you afraid that like don't, that the fan community will like make that cyberpunk game before you do? Is that, like, <laughs> is, that is that the worry? It like, could happen. It could. <laughs> All right, it's time to move on to D23. D23 is Disney's big get-together. They talk about all of their upcoming products, games, movies, 
all that type of stuff. Obviously, since Disney has purchased the Star Wars license, it has taken on kind of a... A, a new, different. A whole yeah. life of its own now. And Disney Star Wars, and Marvel, now part of D23, it's a very different convention. Yep, group. and so one of the biggest announcements for games, at least in my opinion, the, probably the biggest announcement, was the limited edition Star Wars PlayStation mm-hmm. 4 console that you're seeing right now on the screen. It's got Darth Vader on it. It's got its own controller, which now they're saying you may be able to get on its own. They're kind of mm. waffling back and forth on it. I would like that. The bundle, the here's what I don't understand. Maybe you know the answer to this, Matt. Does the bundle come with both Disney Infinity and Battlefront, or I do am, you buy separate bundles for each game? I never could really figure that out. I'm not clear on that. I, was, I didn't look at it that closely, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, and then you get some old Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. I think it's super. I think you get Super Star Wars. As Super a, Star Wars. Yeah. Is that way everybody's talking about? Yeah, it's like a downloadable code or whatever. Good luck, kids. Yep. Uh, Super Star Wars is no joke. It is. Yeah, it's a tough game. And then another big announcement we're seeing right now is the Star Wars arcade game, which is called Battle Pod. Battle Star Wars Pod. Battle Pod. Yeah. The story with this is that what it sells for like forty thousand or thirty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, it's like a full immersion. Like yeah, like you can play it probably like Dave and Buster's or like those big, you know those big kind of arcade amusement places. And it look, it is worth going to a Dave and Buster's to play because look, very few people are gonna be able to afford to buy this privately for thirty or forty thousand dollars. But there it is. There's two different yeah. versions of it. Which one of those would you buy, Matt? Oh, the Imperial one. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Because it's black. Yeah. <laughs> You're well, right. also, I, I'm, I it love, would look better in the I'm home. not saying I'm one of those weird people who thinks the, the Empire is the good guys. Yeah. Because that's crazy because they blew a planet up. Right. But I am one of the people that thinks the Empire's uh, aesthetic choices are cooler. I'd agree with that. I'd like agree with that. TIE Fighter. I love TIE Fighters and AT-ATs and all that stuff. If you're thinking about putting that thing in your den, the black will certainly look better than sure. the other color, the goldish color. And then the other thing too is that they've actually upgraded a little bit for the home release. Like the seat now shakes. There's like hydraulics mm-hmm. on the seat while you play. And then if you order it, you get like this crazy metal plate on the side of the... Th- I wish I could afford something like this. I would totally buy yeah, and it. I wish I had room and could afford something like that. I would do that. I can't even afford a Miss Pac-Man cocktail sit-down yeah. arcade machine. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that was way out of my price range. Maybe we could get a review copy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it would fit in our studio, but True. I would make it fit somehow. It would just, it would just, yeah, we, we would do the show from it. From the pod, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is two-seater. It yep. is two-seater. So those were two cool announcements. And then another one was Kingdom Hearts is going to be in Disney Infinity. Mm-hmm. There is a crossover happening with Kingdom Hearts. Not a ton of details about it, honestly. Um, there's some kind of a keyblade. It's in- the ultimate reward. Because each Disney Infinity has an ultimate reward where you, like... Yeah, I think you do everything and you get every character up to like level 10 or so. I don't remember what it was because I've never been crazy enough to do it. But you have to have like every character, every character up to a certain level, all the, all the things collected and everything, and you unlock the ultimate reward. And like in the first Disney Infinity, it was a lightsaber. Oh. And in the second one, I think it was the ultimate nullifier from Fantastic Four, and then this one, the Keyblade, is I think going to be gotcha, supposed to be gotcha. the ultimate reward. And then well, you explained it perfectly. Yeah, well, and then there's a, uh, like, I guess if you went to the, uh, which sadly I did not do, if you went to the Infinity, like, presentation at D23, I guess you got uh, a, a costume, like, power disc for Infinity 3.0 that put, puts Mickey in the Kingdom Hearts, his King Mickey outfit, yeah. which is pretty awesome. And you could only get it there. Like that's they're never gonna sell. They say they're never gonna sell it any other way. This is a really great idea for both games, by the way. Yes. this will keep 
Kingdom Hearts in the mind's eye while they're waiting for the game to be finished. Yeah. And it will also just increase the demand for Disney Infinity probably twofold, I'm yeah. guessing. I mean, people are going to freak out over it. They're going to start grinding to try to get that Keyblade. And it's going to sell a lot of those figures because you'll need all the Oh, the you're right. Yeah. Maybe it's more genius than and I they even also said, thought. Uh, yeah. And they also said uh, Big Hero 6 will have a, yep. a world in Kingdom Hearts 3 that continues the story. That's right. That's right. Big Hero 6 will have a stage in Kingdom Hearts. And they put out some concept art for that mm-hmm. and showed what's the lead character in Big Hero 6? Hero. Hero. Hero and uh, Bayman. I have not seen the movie. I've, I've heard it's, it's really I good. I like it. I mean, it's, you know, I think they, you know, it's not at all like the comic. It's very different from the comic, but I think they nailed it as far as like a Disney adaptation of that that idea. Yeah. They put out some concept art for that. That's pretty much all they put out. It's a real natural fit for Kingdom Hearts, I think. Yep. And then Disney Infinity Star Wars The Force Awakens. They're going to have, is it a playset for that? Yeah, it's a playset. So they'll be, so basically you'll have a playset for each era. You'll have a, it comes with the, the, the Twilight of the Republic, the, the prequel playset. And then they'll have uh, uh, Rise Against the Empire, which is the original trilogy set, shortly after. Or if you buy the PlayStation 4, like, super duper version, it comes with that like a month early or something. And then now you'll have the Force Awakens set, so you'll have. But they also all have three. the Clone Wars stuff, right? Yeah, that's uh, uh, Twilight. Uh, Twilight of the, of the uh, Republic is the Clone Wars oh. stuff. It comes with. <laughs> it comes with well, yeah. the set, the starter set. I just showed my Star Wars knowledge Oops. to be a little deficient. Well, they're 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 <laughs> named a little weird, um, but like, but the uh, yeah, so the, like the starter set is the Twilight of the Republic and Anakin and Asuka. From the Clone Wars, so gotcha. they, uh, so that your your default one is the prequel stuff because the kids love the prequels. I mean, you know, it's not our thing, sure, but the yeah. kids love the prequels. I still like and, the um, prequels. I think they're cool. Well, I guess looking. a better way and to put it is I don't hate them. Right, <laughs> and also like I'm, I mean, the more lightsabers, the better, and especially in a game. Yeah, and uh, you know they've done a lot of work on on this thing to like, you know, the, they've brought in Ninja Theory to do all the melee combat, and like so they've really. Try to create an you know legit melee combat system for the saber characters and like it you know I played I played at E three I played it at D twenty three and it feels good. This Definitely. game is really confusing to me by the way Disney Infinity like I can't understand like the verbiage for everything it's like there's play sets and then there's mm-hmm. like a toy box and like right. I don't get the what play- all that stuff is. Well the play sets are levels the play sets are are like full levels so like imagine you know you've bought an actual it's essentially like a game it's a, it's a game based on whatever property okay um then then the toy box is sort of like a general open mod zone so like the toy box can be like an open plane and you just drop things you want to drop in you can build your own levels and upload them uh there's like extra discs you can buy that kind of you, they're toy box like adventures or something and you kind of put like they had them in the Marvel one where you put like a it was like a but see what I'm saying like already it, it, how long is it taking already, you like to it's, describe it, but it's this like this disc and this <laughs> it's, it's very complicated but it's, it's like and it's a kids game but like kids get that they get it stuff. I know they that's what that I'm saying stuff, they you know? get it and I don't get it yeah so like but and like this you know because I played a little bit of of uh of Infinity at uh, E3 or not E3 and D23 and D23 I got like I ended up like in part of the hub I guess and like it's it's robust like you know, like each even in an in individual playset because they used to be kind of like one area like the Avengers playset in 2.0 was like it's like basically most of Manhattan right Spider-Man playset was like a different kind of a little sort of different part of Manhattan but you kind of had an open world but it was sort of one place and now the Star Wars one uh, you can like hyperspace. You know, there's like space combat, and you can hyperspace to like different planets, and like you know, it, it looks like it's way bigger. It feels almost like a full-fledged game oh, now. Yeah. And um, 
you know, with like all, all these like little extra side quests and a little, you know, you got a sidekick, like a little cute sidekick that comes with you, like a Disney character. I saw a guy playing uh, over the weekend at D23. Uh, he was Darth Maul. And he had uh, Darkwing Duck. Yeah, I saw like, that. It's like you take. have a little like minion yeah. that follows. Dude, the ga- I can't believe how complicated the game is for what's essentially a kids game. But yeah, it's it's weird because I didn't get it either till I bought. I picked up 2.0 on like clearance or like you know it was on like big sale at Target like a, like a month or so ago. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try this because I'm clearly I'm in for Infinity 3.0, so I want to see what this is about. And like, it was interesting that like uh, like after about an hour of messing with the tutorial and kind of play, like, I got it. Like I did, I, it was. It's very hard to explain, but once you get your hands on it, it makes much sense much faster. I guess I would say it's the, it's the closest gotcha. I can get to it. Um, and it's uh, you know, and it's 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 growing a lot. You know, each you know, 2.0 was a lot more robust than the, than the 1.0, and 3.0 looks like it's going to take it even further. Um, so I'm looking forward. I mean, it's, I'm you know, in the same way I look forward to the Lego games. It's it's. Uh, it's got a similar vibe. It's got the toy box thing. You know, everything's a toy. Like you know, when you cut people apart, they're just you know. Well, Infinity toys. sales have like hit rock bottom, by the way. So yeah. this came at the perfect time for well, this it, franchise. I think. It, well, they. I hate to say it because you know, not not to spend more money, but yeah, I think they should put more figures out. You're like the, right. all the two figures were basically all released by I think March this year, yeah. and so they've had like six months where they could have with nothing new dripping them out yeah. and like. So I, you know, and even when this one launches uh, on the thirtieth, I think uh, the only other figures, Star Wars figures, you can buy are Yoda and Obi Wan. That's a big mistake. And so like they're slowly rolling them out like over the course of the fall, and like um, I want Darth Vader right now. You right. Know, like, so, yeah. So I, so I wonder like maybe maybe you need to f- just flood a little more and like you know instead of making. You know, I I appreciate that it's easy to collect them all, but like Skylanders puts out like forty four oh, new no. figures. Look a how year. many amiibos there are. Already. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe you know maybe of all people, Disney needs to like go for broke a little more. And, you know, flip it, but it's merchandising. I never yeah. thought I'd say that about Disney. Yeah, I mean, I can get, I can see why you would be. Care- and also, each character in that game has its own skill tree, has its own. You know, it's. They don't like just dash these guys off. Like, yeah. You know, everybody. You know, if you look at the skill trees on the characters that were at D twenty three, it's like, oh, so like Darth Maul feels very different from Anakin. Feels very different right. from Darth Vader. You know, they're not just it's not just a texture swap or no, whatever. They're yeah. real. You know, they're real characters. But like, yeah, my only advice to them would be like more, yeah. more, more, more. Make sure you've always got new product on that shelf. And then the final semi big gaming announcement from D twenty three was a new mode for Star Wars Battlefront. The supremacy um, mode, supremacy, yeah. which is actually conquest. a conquest mode, basically. Yeah. And the crazy thing that's come out now in the last couple days is that they have said that this mode could conceivably go on forever. <laughs> like, like one match mm-hmm. could last. Because every time you capture something, you get more time added on. Is that yeah, how, yeah? There's just like this. It's possible there's a self-perpetuating cycle with this mode where the games could just go on mm-hmm. for eternity. Is that a good thing? Maybe I don't mean I guess like I mean, here's one thing I'll say like one thing I love about Rocket League is that each match is five minutes. Yeah, it's so easy to say I'll pl- I can play another one because you know exactly how much time it's going to take. You it's you know if my wife calls and she's on the way home from work and we're gonna go out and get dinner or whatever. I know how long it takes her to get home from work. I know if I can squeeze in another game of Rocket League. Like to me, that's a big mm. part of multiplayer gaming. I just wonder. I, I feel like. For it to last forever, you would need the most insanely evenly matched teams of like all. Oh time, yeah, yeah. I know? mean, look, the probability of it happening is pretty right. low. But, but I do love the idea of like an eternal game of of supremacy that like 
you know, players drop in, they drop, yeah. and they join back up, and it's just like this, like, like this one eternal game that never ends because, like, like somehow, like the right mix of like the you know the matchmaking keeps it going forever. And it's no like the twenty four hours of Le Mans of yeah. video games. <laughs> it will make for it will make for a pretty good uh, like let's play or like a yeah. like a marath- like a charity marathon. Right, right, maybe? Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Well, maybe when I do when we do the subscriber drive towards the end of the year for Sifted, maybe when the game oh, we'll comes out, maybe that's, that will be the mode. Battlefront game. We'll try to do Battlefront one mode or one match for like a day and see if All it right. works. So right. battle until you drop. <laughs> yeah, but overall, D23 is kind of turning into a rather significant show for video games now. Yeah, and it's like it, you know, they had the full Disney Infinity and Battlefront setups there um, from from E3. I think it was yeah. this, it was the booths from E3. Um, but they were you know, they were all there. They were crowded. People were interested. It was not this I mean, I think it was more like, you know, like a like a 30-minute wait to play Battlefront as opposed to the 3-hour wait right, at right. E3. Um but you could see, like you know, it, yeah, this this I, this is the first time I'd ever been to D three D twenty three. But um, you know, I've seen pictures. I know enough about it that like it used to be all Disney, 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 right. Disney. Yeah, yeah. And now like you can see the Marvel presence, you can see the the Star Wars presence. And as this, as Star Wars comes out, and as Star Wars gets absorbed into that family, like Disney Infinity three three is the you know Star Wars, you know, the Star Wars's first foray into the Disney world. Basically, you know, they're they're being put brought together. You can yeah. have Darth Vader and Mickey Mouse standing next to each yeah. other. Yeah, and um, pretty bizarre. And you know, I, I think as you know, especially assuming you know the movies and other content are good out of out of Disney, uh, I think it's just going to be more and more uh, Star Wars. And you know, clearly with EA's new deal with them, they intend to make Star Wars video games a staple in the, in the future. You know, you know, we've had kind of a drought of Star Wars video games. We have, yeah. And uh, now you've got Battlefront, you know, blowing the doors open, and hopefully, you know, we got Amy Hennig's game on deck, and which I'm assuming we'll probably see at D23 next year. It'll probably, definitely yeah. be at E3 next year, and follow suit to go to D23. So, yeah, and hopefully more to come. I mean, I'm all, I'm all in. More Star Wars. I'm more down. More Star Wars, definitely. All right. So the next topic is controversial. The last topic was fun. This one's a little controversial. So. This past week, a member of Nintendo's Treehouse got himself into a little bit of trouble. Basically what happened is, the guy's name is Chris Pranger or Pranger. I'm not sure whether how you pronounce it. I've been saying Pranger in my head. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. So the guy's been working at the Treehouse for quite a while. For those of you who don't know, the Treehouse is basically the secret society inside Nintendo <laughs> who translates games from Japan. You can see the guy right now. He's the guy on the left with the uh, Nintendo tracksuit on. And... Uh, so this guy went on a podcast. I believe the podcast was called Part-Time Gamers. It's not a big mm. podcast. It's just basically kind of a, a Nintendo fan podcast thing. And he went on there, and they started asking him questions about what was it like to work at Nintendo. And so he started talking a little bit. And as we all know, Nintendo does things culturally a little differently. Um, if you haven't read my editorial that I wrote when Awada passed away, it kind of talks a little bit about how Nintendo works with people in the games industry and how they handle things differently. Well, their corporate culture is really no different. It's kind of the same thing. They, they're very strict. It's actually a little bit like Konami, although not quite as Big Brother-ish. So, so Chris goes on this podcast, and he's talking to the other people on the show, and he starts talking about things like why they don't bring over some games from Japan when fans are asking for them. And he got, you know, I mean, look, I don't know if you, Matt, did you see some of the quotes that he made regarding this? Yeah, I saw the quotes. So, look, I feel like he does maybe step right up to that line a little bit. Because he starts talking. I think the the line was making the voice. 
Like he did. He did. I, did, I don't know if you heard like any of the audio from the podcast. No, I haven't. Like, but when he said, when he talks about what people like, what fans are saying, he does like a voice kind of thing, and he kind of like so the heart. So a condescending voice. Yeah, he's basically. Portraying the hardcore fans as like as like dirt, 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 like right. people, so like or I guess it was kind of more like a comic book guy, like Simpsons yeah. voice sort of thing, right? But like we like I want to blade right now, kind of thing, and like it's just like you can't. Do, I mean, I mean, nothing he flat out said was super weird. Well, let's talk like, about what he said first before we move on. So one of the things that he said was he was talking about how fans don't really understand the business side of producing video games and he was saying how they complain and you know he said he was saying how you know it sounds like a great idea to bring a game like xenoblade chronicles to the west Mm -hmm. but somebody has to pay the hundreds of thousands of dollars to handle all the voice the voicing and the translation and everything and And he made a comment about how nintendo europe like fell kind on of that sword. fell on. That was, I think, it was his exact statement was they fell on the sword, mm. and so that you know corporately that's a little funky. You're kind of making Nintendo Europe look like they were suckers a little bit there. Mm. You're kind of making Nintendo America look like they were opportunists Being, a little yeah. bit, and like didn't care about the fans. Like, yeah, like I mean, whatever you think about how bad or how good or how accurate what he said was, it was clearly not on message. No, for sure, especially not on on Nintendo's no. message. <laughs> No. Which has a very specific message. Yeah. And then, what are some of the other things he said? He said that, um, oh, he was talking about how they, he let them behind the curtain a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. And he basically told some of the people on the show that, well, you know, sometimes we voice stuff, like the Treehouse people voice stuff mm-hmm. to save money. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. don't, no. And look, again, like, I'm not saying that stuff that this guy said, he should have said. I mean... He definitely made some mistakes in what he was saying. But at the same time, at most publishers in the industry, he would not have been fired for this. And look, one thing we you would... think? Yeah, I think so. I don't think most people would have got fired for what he did. You think they would have? I think they probably. Really? I, 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 well, especially at Nintendo. But like, No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, you got to gauge your corporate culture, obviously. But, like, you know, I... Like, it didn't surprise me. Here's the thing you learn if you're a manager, is that... Everybody makes mistakes. My guys at GT made mistakes. One of them made a huge mistake, like a bigger mistake than I ever could have fathomed like that person would make. And actually that mistake was related to Nintendo, <laughs> oddly enough. And you've got to let people make mistakes. They're going to make them. And you can't just can people if they make one mistake. Now look, we don't know if this was like the fifth thing that he's done or if he did other things and this was like the final nail in the coffin for him at Nintendo. But if this was indeed like his first offense, and it sure sounds like it based upon the stuff that he wrote on Facebook, like he was pretty candid on Facebook and he took responsibility for what he did. And he's like, yeah, I'm surprised I lost my job, but I did screw up and I'm, I'm sorry for it. And, you know, this is my dream job and I've lost my dream job due to a mistake that I made. Again, he was pretty candid in, mm-hmm. in what he said. And he didn't mention like, you know, I had done a couple other things or anything like that that would lead to this. It's, I wouldn't have if I did other things. Yeah. Well, I but, mean, I don't know. Uh, if, he was being really honest otherwise. And so it would strike me as a little weird if he would conveniently leave out stuff like that, if he was going on there to take responsibility for what he did. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that he hadn't made any other egregious mistakes. And so firing an employee from one mistake, man, if you if you make that your, your policy, you're going to be constantly looking for employees because employees always screw up. Everybody screws up. We're all human. And mm-hmm. humans, no human is perfect. And no human ever will be perfect. And so... 
I'm honestly a little shocked that he lost his job over this. I might have been shocked if, like, say, like something like that happened with G4 and someone lost their job at G4, like when we were there. Yeah. But maybe, you know, maybe this is just my impression of Nintendo, but, like, I, if I had done that as an employee of Nintendo, I would have been waiting for the hammer to come down immediately. Like, yeah. I, I just feel like Nintendo... You know, maybe it's just because we've dealt with Nintendo, and like you say, like someone made a mistake related to Nintendo, and that was one of the reasons that mistake was it would be be important. Whenever we made mistakes related to Nintendo, things got scary. No, because, you pay because Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo remembers. Look, Nintendo, I'm not going to go into the punishment that they handed us no, no, in no, GT, no. But, but I will like, say that they did hand us a punishment, and it was very severe. Yeah, and, and so I will say internally, I would imagine it's even. And it's, that's the thing is like you're never going to run out of people like that guy, like Chris Pranger, whose dream job is Nintendo. So on one hand, yeah, you're always, you know, if you're that strict, you're going to be looking, but like, you know, there's going to be definitely be people that are willing to keep their mouth shut and not go, you know, because I, mean, I don't know what you're thinking when you do that, when you go on a podcast and talk about internal situations at, the, at your job. Yeah, he wasn't that thinking is, at all. That is a massive corporate entity, international, global corporate entity that's been around for 100 years, run by a family in Japan. That like, also like, has a reputation for being ball breakers. Yeah, no nonsense. And, and also, this guy has worked there for quite a while. The footage that we've been running is actually footage of him from E3 2014, where he was demoing games. Mm. So... He has worked there for a while. He had to have understood the corporate culture mm. there. Um, I just don't know what the what the benefit for him was going to be on that because like maybe he thought like it was a small podcast, there wasn't going to be like a big deal where where, you know, where, where people weren't going to be listening or whatever. But like you know, to quote the X Files, when uh, when uh, that one fan finds Mulder and Mulder says, uh, you know, I didn't know anybody was paying attention, and the fan says, Mr. Mulder, somebody's always paying attention. Yeah. And, like, someone's always going to find that. Well, the other caveat to this, too, is that he had done the podcast, like, a week beforehand. Mm -hmm. And it took a few days for... for to figure out what was in there. Well, it took a few days for people to even start listening to it. Because, you know, when you do a podcast or a little thing, like, unless you're doing something crazy, like, it's hard to build momentum. Like Game Face. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to build momentum, especially if you're not, like, working at a big site or whatever. It's hard to build that audience. And so... You know, they didn't have a ton of people watching it at first, but slowly, like, yeah. people started saying, hey, wait a minute. You ever wonder, like, what that's where it's like, you have a certain number of views you always get on a podcast, and then yeah. one day you look at your views, and it's like, <laughs> your eyes 20 go, times, wow. like, what happened? Like, what, <laughs> what did you, you find? They knew they had gold, though. I mean, I would hope so. As soon as they so. banked that podcast, I'm sure they were like, oh, wow. They were just like, let's yeah. sit back and let it roll yeah, and it, it was, took a while yeah. and then it took even longer for Nintendo to catch wind of it and then once they did man it seemed like they canned him like the next day yeah, that was so. fast but, yeah, and I, I, which, makes, which makes me think there must be a policy there must be oh it, I'm sure a, I'm a, like, 100% certain there was some kind of a don't go on a podcast and talk about your job at Nintendo unless Nintendo, you've cleared it with. I mean it, it probably is just don't go on a podcast period probably, yeah. if you're a part of the treehouse so because hmm. how many other points of contact with the public does Nintendo have other than you know there was Iwata, there was Reggie. Yeah. And You know what you yeah. know what happens in a lot of these cases, and this is what I feel trend. like happened with my GT employee is his ego. Like this guy had information that he could share with people and he knew that it w- he would gain gain him attention. He mm. ended up getting the wrong kind of attention. Uh, when the guy that worked for me made the mistake, like he couldn't really come up with a reason why he did it, but I knew why he did it, and it was because he it was for attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times, man, people's thirst for attention makes them do really yeah, that's stupid true. Thinking, stuff. Thinking back on all the similar things that happened in places I've been, it's always been 
someone was like, oh, I'm going to be the, I can the be cool this, guy that I can has do the that. early idea, the early footage or the early, you know, early whatever. scoop or whatever. Yep. It's, 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 I, you know, and I, I get it's that narcissism. Too. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> That's really what it is. I like, I don't think I've ever succumbed to that. I feel like you're I'm, smart enough to know it's a bad decision to make. I value what we do. You yeah. Know, I, I mean, I, I love doing what we get to do, and like, I wouldn't jeopardize that in the name of, I don't know, getting people to listen to me babble on a podcast. Like, like some would right say now, it's, so. some would say it's Darwinism. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel sorry for the guy. It su- you know, sucks. Is I, you know, I know. I know what it feels like to have your dream job and then all of a sudden not know it's gone. It's yeah. gone, and you don't know what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Yeah, it's, it's uh, particularly when you work in a niche field like gaming, because yeah. there are only so many jobs. And so if you lose your job and there's not one immediately open, and you yeah. don't have a lot of money in the bank, you're suddenly looking for a job outside of the industry. And once you do that, Anything. you're probably gone for good. So, yeah. and then, you know, Xplay ended. Very naturally, right? Uh, whereas, like, I can't even imagine what it's like if it's to just fault. have it. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you did it to yourself. If that's it was something you be, did, yeah. that's got to be a a hard thing he's going through right now. So, Chris, we feel for you, brother. But hopefully, you can look back and not blame it all on somebody else. You can take some responsibility for it. But we definitely feel for you, man. And I hope you can still enjoy Nintendo games. Yeah, because you know, clearly, it's what he loves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think he said that he's a huge Nintendo fan. It was his dream job and yeah. blah blah blah. So good luck moving forward, man. Hopefully you find something else in the games industry. And if not, hopefully you find a job that you love. So Matt, here's another trend in games recently. People announcing stuff on Twitter. Like it used <laughs> to be like everything was very controlled and very PR-y and you didn't get any new information about a game unless you interviewed a developer or you got a press release from the from PR. But Recently, like a lot of big information has been released on Twitter, and that is exactly what has happened with Mass Effect Andromeda this mm-hmm. last week. So we don't really know much about the game at all. Almost nothing. Like really, really almost nothing about this game. Like it has been completely shrouded in mystery. They let E3 and Gamescom come and go and didn't really share anything. They put out that yeah. little teaser trailer at E3. You wonder how far out it is. It really does. And it could be two years from now, yeah. but I highly doubt it. I have a feeling Q4 of next year, but we'll see. But anyway, so one of the developers has been going on Twitter and basically just spilling all this information that would normally be PR in a press release right on his Twitter account. And this week, he confirmed something that we actually talked about last week and suspected and that is that Mass Effect Andromeda is going to have an entirely new cast, an entire new cast of characters. We already knew it was taking place in another galaxy, but it is going to have an entirely new cast of characters. He did say that there is a slight chance that there might be a cameo thrown in here or there in the game. I don't know if he's just doing that to toss a bone to fans to make sure fans stay engaged with Andromeda. By the nature of the characters, I would not surprise me to see, like, Legion. Yeah. Yeah, because if you can do the, the collective computing thing, like, you right. can justify, you know, oh, the Geth sent probes or, you know, explorer probes or whatever to Andromeda Galaxy to see what was out there, and now you find one, and he becomes kind of your crew member, and he's Legion. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I'm kind of happy about this announcement. I'm a big Mass Effect. I love Mass Effect. It's probably my favorite series, other than The Witcher. It's probably my favorite series from last generation. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm just kind of, I am glad, you know, I, everyone had their problems or no problems with the ending of 3, and like that, I mean, but I really liked the way, in the end, everything wrapped up with the Citadel DLC, and I thought that was, you know, even if I had, if I had issues with the ending, I thought the Citadel DLC was the goodbye to those characters that I needed. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just glad that they're going to let that rest. 
because I don't want to find I don't want them to you know torturously find some way to get Morden into you know yeah. in, into Andromeda or Liara or something. I don't need any of that. I, I you know that story's told. Move on. Keep the universe. Tell me something new. Make it as good as, as it was before. And and it's, and the other thing is like. You know, we associate EA with iteration, reiteration, reiteration. Yeah. It's cool to see that they have taken what I think is the right move here to say we're going to start over. Not totally, but we're going to start over narratively and say... It's a lot easier when you have an IP like Mass Effect. True. <laughs> but it is, imagine how tempting it must be to keep these characters that everybody loves so much. Well, going back to last week's show, when we were talking about about some of their other properties like Mirror's Edge, it's yeah. like... Maybe that was a case where they did maybe need to rip up the script a little bit and try something new yeah. for the second one because it isn't sort of a smash success. But it's like, it's funny. Like you're know, looking at EA right now; they're, they're taking some risks. They're taking some some real. It's paying stats. off, man. Yeah. Their stock price is like through the roof. Like they're making more money than anybody else in the industry. They've translated over to mobile very well, much better than most publishers have. Um, it's kind of funny. I mean, they've really. I mean, I feel like they've the dungeon also dungeon keeper shaped bumps in the road, but yeah, they're on their they're on their way. I mean, Peter Moore probably can be credited with a lot of that success. And I mean, yeah. look, they they weren't named the worst company to work for in America. <laughs> they, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. They were named like the worst for like how many years in for a two row? Two years in a row, on top of like the banks that caused the two thousand eight yeah. financial crisis. It's like. <laughs> Like, Which I is think, ridiculous. Well, yeah, I mean, clearly there's a certain demographic of us voting for these things. But well, like, it's also know. funny, too, because we both know people who work at EA. And they right. love working there. Yeah. Like, everybody I know that's ever worked at EA loved working there. Like, mm. when people get jobs at EA, like, they go on Facebook, they're like, oh, my God, I got a job at EA. Like, it was very clearly, it wasn't the people who worked at EA who were, like, going and voting in these polls. Right. It was just angry video people game People who were angry fans. at, you know, whatever. Whatever. Angry the Mass, Mass Effect 3 ending. ending. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, the other thing that he announced on his Twitter account is that the gameplay is going to stay primarily the same, which I yeah, think we're both totally fine with that. I feel like they really nailed it in Mass Effect 3. Like, yeah, they had, lo- it, they had it down. I mean, that is the one thing in Mass Effect 3 that I thought was the best in the series, was mm-hmm. the gameplay and the combat. So, now that we know all that stuff, Matt, what is the one thing about that series that you feel like they should change? For Andromeda, I think uh, it's more of a bring it back a little bit, but I think it needs to be more like um, uh, Starflight, uh, in the same way the first Mass Effect was, where you could land yeah. on all those planets right. and explore and yeah, dig yeah. stuff up. And do, I mean, the Mass Effect One exploration thing was kind of tacked on. Yeah. I think it was it was very sparse, and I was di- but I was disappointed in two. When it all the planet stuff just became scanning, right? And I want to be able to go. I mean, gas giants I can scan fine, but if it's t- a terrestrial planet, I want to be able to land on it for sure. Even yeah. if it's just to look around and find a stupid mineral with the Mako two or whatever it's going to be, and you know, and but I want that sense of exploration that wasn't really there in two and three. I mean, there was a sense of exploration, but it was a much more guided experience. Oh, for sure. And, for, for, and intentionally, I, they did that yeah, intentionally, sure. yeah. But I, I think I, I need a little... For Mass Effect Andromeda, as long as we're kind of reinventing things, I need a little No Man's Sky. Yeah. I guess would be it what It seems I like think. a lot of games are starting to... Yeah. Come I mean, All these random indie, like, 3D space flight games are popping up now where you oh can yeah, land Steam, on the planet. Steam can't recommend them to me fast enough. Yeah. Like, yes, I know I bought Elite <laughs> Dangerous. Just leave me alone. Like... I have Elite Dangerous. I don't. I mean, I, it's 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 not even a niche genre anymore. Now there are games that are coming out that are like making them more simple. They're like yeah. the layman's like space flight. Easier sim. way to do. 
But it's like it's yeah, it's 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 almost a genre, an indie genre on par with you're alone and have to find scraps of paper that tell you a sad story. Yeah, which is yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> you know, definitely gaining on the uh, on the pixel art platformer. At yeah. This point. <laughs> I don't know. There's like five more of those announced every day, let me tell you. Debut trailer for some corny, side-scrolling, pixelated platformer. And every once in a while you get a shovel knight, so yeah, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. You're right. And uh, I think the one thing I would say that I hope they change for this one is that they do not tie the campaign into the multiplayer. I think that was my mm, biggest mm-hmm. gripe with the Definitely last annoying. game. I mean, now, once you get all the DLC in place on Mass Effect 3, like you can go through it and never touch multiplayer and, right. and get full galactic readiness. I'm just talking about fun. when I bought the game. But when you buy the game, yeah, you had to play a little bit. And I really did like the co-op multiplayer. Yeah, so did that. I, yeah. But like, the, weird, the thing about being forced to play it and then it would decay yeah, in, yeah. The, in the single-player game yeah, over yeah. time, I'm like, no, come yeah. on. Don't make, don't make multiplayer a job. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, look, I think they'll change that. Yeah. I would be really surprised if that makes I it mean, they, Andromeda. I mean, they practically change Changed it in three by the you're time right. they were done with the DLC. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. But but, uh, but no, I agree with you for sure. Like that needs to, you need to. That just made no sense to me. Whatsoever. Gotta keep them separated. I mean, just yeah. don't don't try it. Well, then the funny thing is, like some games haven't learned from that. Like uh, Splatoon. Like when when you mm-hmm. bought it, it's like it was like had nothing to like the multiplayer. Yeah. Like. You had well, to wait, and like they gradually like cracked the door open and gave you more features mm-hmm. and options. Well, they're doing that with Mario Maker. That's now. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's what I was leading into. Is like I, I get Mario. Ma- Actually, I just got Mario Maker today, and you can't access the whole toolkit when you start the yeah. game. It's nine a nine-day gradual unlock. And I heard. I don't know. I haven't touched it yet, but I read. Uh, I think on Gaff that someone said you can't make Mario World one one. Day one, because you don't get access to the fire flower until, <laughs> until the second day. That's hilarious. And I'm like, that's pretty funny. I mean, I get what they're trying to do, but what like, what are they trying to do though? They're trying to ease you into it and not overwhelm you with. But mod see, all options. they could do is just create a tutorial and give you the choice of going through the tutorial or saying, "Screw it, I don't want to use a tutorial." Yeah, that would be the easier way than like just think about the programming that goes into that, setting it up and re- and talking back and forth with your console clock and <laughs> like. There's an easier way to do it to make sure people aren't overwhelmed. Yeah, but you go home and set your clock to like September 9th and yeah. you say, hey, we're done. <laughs> but I mean, look, the game doesn't come out for a while, and I was kind of shocked when I got like the game, and, and then I realized, oh, well, you kind of have to you get it now it to have the ready, the review ready in time because it's. Well, gonna... can you jump the system clock ahead and make that work? I don't I know. know. I know Splatoon wouldn't work because it's all tied in the online. I haven't like... even started it yet, so I don't know. But I don't know. Yeah, I'll find out. But yeah, I mean, again, like. They did not learn the lesson mm. that Mass Effect learned yeah. for them, essentially. I kind of supported if you can jump the system clock ahead and like unlock it all at once, like if you want to. Like I kind of support the idea of easing someone in that isn't as familiar. That's such idea, a pain in the like, ass, though, man. It is a pain it's in the bumping ass. Bumping the system clock up because you don't know. Here's the thing: like I'm all paranoid when I do that. I'm afraid it's like screwing up something else in some other game. Like mm. I just. I become overwhelmed with possibilities. I'm like, well, wait a minute. This is a man who has been well-trained by Mr. Rossetti. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, I think we both have crazy high hopes for Mass Effect. I think also, like, honestly, I don't feel like they need to change a ton. Like, no, I think they I make. If they it, give us a new setting, make it bigger, make it better, make it prettier, make it good. Maybe toss in vehicles. Yeah, I'd like. I'd like to see them take another stab at the Mako. I mean, I. Yeah. The Mako, yeah, the Mako was part comedy, part frustration. Right. But I like the idea. Yeah. I will always love. 
things that are kind of extrapolations of Starflight. Another EA game. Yeah. If you could, go on GOG and try Starflight one and two, uh, it, they're cheap. Uh, they're very hard to figure out because their interfaces are ancient. Just, I mean, but like they were so good. I love the Starflight games, and I just I don't even remember the story because I just flew around talking to aliens and digging up minerals on alien planets. And, yeah. I mean, if Mass Effect can kind of deliver some of that. I'm in. Yeah, and something more than the Mako. Give us more vehicles. Yeah, give, give us something that flies. Give, right. us something, give me some, give me some star, starship combat. I'm yeah. be against that. You know, I mean, maybe we won't have Joker. Maybe I can fly the ship myself. You know, a little, little, little fighter action. Yep. All right, let's move on to the last topic of the big six. We've been talking about Windows 10 and Xbox One a lot over the last few weeks on the show. But the news just keeps on coming, folks. The biggest news this week is that Windows 10 has the ability to look through your PC and essentially zap (laughs) pirated games. Nasty. Now look, I'll just say straight up, I hate piracy. I stand against it. I will always stand against it. Even if I'm dirt poor, I will stand against it because that's the excuse everybody uses. Well, I'm poor, and Mm. I should be able to play... No, you shouldn't. Like, if you can't afford the games... You shouldn't be playing them. Like, you wouldn't download a car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Although that would be awesome. Yeah, I'd be, I'll 3D print that Lamborghini. Like, wait for it. Yeah. So I'm a completely against piracy. Like, a million percent. Like, I have stood Same. that way for years, yeah. and I always will stand that way. But I am completely against this. Because mm-hmm. this is where it starts, see? And this is the thing. Microsoft didn't learn its lessons from the unveiling of the Xbox One. It's like... When you start invading people's privacy or you start demanding things of people or doing things to people that they don't have control over or they don't know about. Because here's the other thing. Like, they didn't announce this. It was, like, hidden in the end-user licensing agreement. And somebody finally read the stupid thing for Windows 10. Because who's going to read... Who reads any of those? Like, I could have already signed away, like... Same people that keep the lists of quotes. Right, right. (laughs) I could have already signed away, like, my life savings to, like, iTunes. Because, Mm -hmm. like, you know, they update every other day. And, like, if you... Yeah, you just accept it. You don't read, like, the terms of service. Yeah, there could be anything in that. Yeah, yeah. It could say that at any point, uh, you know... At any point, like, if... uh, Say, like, you, you, you sign the EA thing... You know, maybe this Star Wars The Old Republic EULA says that at any point if Peter Moore wants to borrow my car, I have to let him. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And I agree to that. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. There's no way to know. So that somebody actually read the one. Yeah. How, how long is the, the end user licensing agreement for Windows 10? It has to be like as long as a Bible, I'm yeah. guessing. But somebody read it and found this and dug it out. And so they can basically spy on your computer. And so it begins with, okay, pirated software, which I don't even know how they do that. Obviously, I don't think they can find ROMs and stuff like that and zap a ROM. I'm guessing they're talking about stuff that, like, jumps around, like, no. DRM. And well, I figure they must be talking about, like, you know, you, you know there's only so many pirated, ver- you know, there usually seems to be, like, one or two versions of a pirated game, like, because everybody torrents it, and, and that's how that works. So, like, I figure they're probably looking for, for, you know, a file of that name, a file of that size, a file of certain markers in it that, you know... Ironically, they had to download the pirated version of the game <laughs> to, 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 to analyze. But, you know, I, I'm sure they're looking for something like that. But, like, I, I, it's weird to me that that... I mean, do we, do we know if they're actually doing that? Or is it just something that Windows 10 says it They haven't do? really commented on it yet. Because, like, if they're actively doing it, it's sort of like... You remember when the Xbox One was first announced? Everybody freaked out about the restrictive stuff. And always the connect, online. And the connect, games. the connect spying on you and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And people did that, like... That that comic. It was some comic about or, or wait. Like, that isn't true. 
No. I thought the Kinect does spy on you. No. Oh, that, I thought that was true. I don't think it's true. I think it is, man. I don't think it's true. You could know, you could see it in your up in your upload history. Like you'd be able, you'd notice that. Do you think? Mine's unplugged. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But like there was a paranoia. Com- but there was a comic where they were basically like. It was, it was like, oh, you're not, you know, you're like gonna disable all this stuff, and it's not gonna spy on you, and I promise I'll spy on you. And then the Kinect's like, you know, that shirt doesn't go with those pants, right? And it's, <laughs> and it's like, and it's like that's the kind of thing you're sort of like. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, you see, another thing about this, st- stuff like this is not going to convince anyone that that you know the other stuff like that isn't happening because like right. clearly, I think some paranoia where it comes to Microsoft has been shown to exist. And, and probably this, for good reason. Yeah, well, if stuff like this is in the EULA. Yeah. Like, that's, I can't blame someone for being, well, I don't really care. I don't because have any pirated here's, games here's thing, on me, but I don't, I don't want either, them but, digging through my hard drive. Well, here's the thing, like, where does it end, right? Right. Because then next they're going to start looking for, like, who pirated Photoshop, who mm-hmm. pirated blah, blah, blah. And I mean, look, let's be honest. Like, I believe everybody has had at least, like, one copy of software that they borrowed from a friend or maybe they did pirate it or whatever but look i've had copies of software on my hard drive before that i borrowed from friends and they let me have their cd key to like install it on my machine i'm not gonna lie i'm not acting like i'm all goody two-shoes i think everybody has probably at one point or another had something on their computer that wasn't 100 percent legal for them to have there and to be using and so you know, the other thing is, where does it go from there? They start going and, like, zapping people's programs mm. and things like that, which could put people in a bad pinch. Like, And then, it, if you know, to bring it to games, like with the Xbox One, you know, how does that all relate to Xbox One and, and things like that? Now that, like, the Xbox One is streaming to the PC, is the Xbox One going to start going onto your PC and start looking for, like... Mm. It just starts opening up the door for all this other stuff that could happen on down the road. Like right now, I don't really have a problem with them zapping people's pirated games. Like, but it's like I wonder if you know, are they really after games with that, or do you think, or are they after like stuff like you said, like Photoshop or or pirated Windows, pirated Windows, pirated uh, Avid, pirated you know all that? Because you know I'm talking about the programs that cost like five hundred to a thousand. Sure. I mean, right? you think about it, if you're Avid, and Avid costs way more than that. Oh yeah. So think about it, if you're Avid and you go to Microsoft and you say, look, if you can find a way to detect and zap our pirated software on a computer, we will pay you X amount of dollars per copy that you zap. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are that could be a highly lucrative deal for Microsoft to strike. And so, look, I'm not saying that they did or they didn't, but the problem is it's opening the door for that stuff. Like mm-hmm. this, this policy is opening the door for a lot of bad things that could potentially happen, and things that aren't that are going to affect people who aren't just pirates. And how foolproof is it? How likely is it that something you know, someone who's legitimately an owner of the re- of the software accidentally gets zapped, and then what do they do? Like, yeah. How do you prove that? I mean, look, it's an anti-consumer stance, is what yeah. Microsoft is taking with this. And Microsoft should—it's very much an assumption that you're guilty before yeah. proving innocent. And Microsoft should have learned that you don't treat your customers this way with the whole Xbox One unveiling, because again, they treated mm-hmm. them treated us, its customers, like we were idiots, and we were just going to lap up whatever they gave us. And when they found out that wasn't the case, and they're just like, oh, okay, well, mm. that one. So do you, do you think, like, piracy is just something that, like, a publisher has to kind of accept? Like, you'll you never know, stop it. Yeah, like, there's always, I mean, it's like, 
it's like when you're shipping goods, you assume like a certain percentage is going to be lost to like graft. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, like that's just going to be how it is. Or like you're shipping fruit, and you just know a certain amount of those fruits going to be going to be bad by the time it gets there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like I'm sure at this point, publishers already have that built into their business models. Like this is mm-hmm. the shrink, and you know, there's those age-old arguments of well, just because I pirated doesn't mean I was going to buy it in the first place. Like you're not really losing money. And then, like, I saw some comments on that YouTube. Is just, I've always thought that was one of the weirdest pieces oh, of, of pseudo-logic I've ever seen. Well, you know, here's, here's the worst one, Matt. Today, when I was, like, doing some research for this story, I came upon, like, a, a YouTube rant video where some mm-hmm. guy was going off about it or whatever. And the comments, here's one of the comments that were in the comments. On, and it is YouTube, so <laughs> I'll just put that so out there. Buckle in. <laughs> yeah. The people were saying, well... Stealing video games is different because if you go to a store and you steal a TV, they have one less TV to sell. But if you steal a video game, it doesn't yeah. take away from their inventory. Yeah, the idea that it doesn't harm anyone because no physical object. Is, <laughs> I've heard that one too. It's uh, yeah. Listen, my dad used to say people steal anything. Yeah, and that's just you know, I I don't think you're ever going to stop it. You can curtail it. You can make it easy for the customer. I think the, the the better way to go is to make it easy for the customer to legally own it. Right. You know, like I think Steam has been a big boon in that regard because it's like, look, if you don't want it, you want to pay fifty nine ninety nine for a game, wait a year and it'll be like twenty bucks in a Steam sale. You know, right. like that's I think that's a much more effective deterrent than for for a lot of people who might otherwise pirate because there's always going to be people that are going to pirate no matter what they're yeah. not going to spend a dime on games period. Well, the steam sales and humble bundles have basically yeah. completely invalidated even the arguments that i brought up before about oh, you know i'm poor and i don't have money like yeah. when you could go on humble bundle now and spend like whatever you want yeah. to get like nothing t- yeah like nothing <laughs> Yeah, and get like twenty games or what? Like, there's no excuse now for saying I don't yeah. have money and I need money to play. Video and there's games. so many. I mean, Humble Bundle does like crazy in that regard. I mean, all you know, and there's like you know, indie indie gala bundle or all. I mean, there's all those different bundle sites now. I mean, a few weeks ago, I got um, it was like the game, you know, the game dev bundle or whatever on the Humble Bundle. It was like three thousand dollars worth of like game, like you know, like RPG Maker and like kind of like amateur game dev stuff. And it, and it was 15 bucks. Like the max price that you pay to get everything minimum, the minimum price yeah. you pay to get everything. $15. You can never play all those games before you died. No. So, yeah. I already whole, can't. I've the whole got, I don't have any money, but I deserve to be able to play video games thing just, it really doesn't hold water anymore at all for pirates. I, I would agree. But I, it's like I said, I think you're just, some people are always going to do it and you're never going to stop them. Yeah. And the way to, the solution is not to, uh, point a giant scanner pistol at me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you, people that are, you know, well, you should prove, you know, it's the TSA things. Like, you should prove you're not a terrorist right. or whatever. It's like, well, that's not really how it works. Yeah, it's not how it works. And it's certainly not the way you get me to spend more money on you. Oh, yeah. Or in the future, ever spend money with you again. And that's one mm. thing I would say is that Microsoft needs to come out and make a statement about this. Because otherwise, it's just going to turn into another <laughs> mm. another controversy that they get embroiled Especially in. Especially because, like, what if it's just in there? And, and what if that isn't even in Windows 10? Right. And they weren't going to do that, but it was just in the language. Yeah. And, like, you know, just clarify. Or they just it. left it in there in case they do it. Because they decided to try something whatever. like that later, but, like, you know, just. just you know. Well, the funny thing is, is, like, they could have not put it in the end user license agreement yeah. and done it, and we'd have never known. True. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for the big six. It's time to move on to our trailer of the week. Some weeks we don't have good ones. This week we have an amazing trailer of the week. It is for Uncharted, 
the Nathan Drake collection. One thing I got to say about this, Matt, is that this this remaster of the first three Uncharted games looks, and you'll see it in this trailer, I don't know if you've seen it or not, looks better than a lot of games that are coming out for now. the PlayStation 4 <laughs> just for the PlayStation 4. Well, it's, it's Naughty Dog. Yeah. Naughty Dog is the top of the top of the industry right now, I'd say. Oh, One of them. Without a doubt. When Uncharted 4 comes out, they're going to do the same exact thing they did with Uncharted 3. Yeah. Just smack everyone else aside and be like, this is how you do it. So, anyway, this is a great trailer, by the way. It spans all three games. It's all based on the story and the cutscenes throughout the games. Uh, let's just get to it. Roll it. <laughs> It was a nice lift back there, but you got a lot to learn. Crap! You stick with me and I'll teach you a few things. No offense, but I don't even know you. My friends call me Sully. Nathan Drake. Mr. Sullivan. And Mr. Drake. Could you tell me what's so special about that ring? It belongs in my family. Inscribed with Sir Francis Drake's motto. Greatness from small beginnings. Just what is it you're after? That's just a little historical research. Don't tell me you're buying into all that supernatural nonsense. You love all this as much as I do. These guys are playing for keeps, yeah? So? He would go to the ends of the earth for the night. Ah, what do we do? We jump? Just don't ask me to. Shall we? You get him for an old Cheating death. But that's not how it will end. This, this is how it will end. I'm sorry. Sully! We don't get to choose how we start in this life. Had to try. Real greatness. what you do with the hand you dealt. You're a crook, right? <laughs> what do you want from me? I see great things in our future, kid. Great things. What do you think about that, Matt? Uh, I'm into it. I love the Uncharted games. Yeah, me and, too. Uh, at the very, you know... Considering the holiday release schedule this year, ask me to play three games I've already played is That's not a happening. bit of a tall order. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll play through Uncharted 2 again because it's my favorite. I don't and know if I'll play through it again. I want to see that train thing again in the in the full remake because that the train sequence. The tra I mean, every I mean, I know people know it's impressive, but like the train sequence in Uncharted 2 is one of the most impressive things anyone has ever done in a video game in ever. real time. It's for just sure, yeah. all in real time. Like there's physics working on the train in the world and then on the characters on the train and then on the objects in the train also affected by the physics of the overall world while in the t I mean and the train on the tracks and on the on the wheels and the yeah. wheels and the suspension I mean they they that was the first thing they started and the last thing they finished in that game and it was it's 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 
you never notice it because it looks so natural. You yeah. never see how amazing it is until you really think about all they had to do. Uncharted to 4 is even beyond. In fact, there are, oh, yeah. there's a couple videos on uh, Sifted right now where a couple guys on YouTube have gone in and just literally just went like frame by frame and pointed out all the little things that that game. It is just mind-boggling, dude. Like I don't know how Naughty Dog does it. How I mean, do they get their the game? Detail, there's, en- there's as much <laughs> detail in that like 12-minute chunk from E3 as in entire games. other game, in, yeah, entire yeah, it's, games, it's, dude. It I is. don't, and you, and it's on the screen for a split second. It's like it reminds me of the old Star Wars movies, where I remember uh, seeing Return of the Jedi, and my dad, who was a big movie guy, uh, pointed out to me, like when I was a kid, but he pointed out to me, like it's like one of the most impressive things about those movies to him was that they built these huge sets, like the giant Jabba sail barge, and you never really see the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just where it happens to take place, and then they blow it up. Yeah. It's like, they're not like, <laughs> look at this amazing thing we made. It's like, no, we had to make this thing because this is where this happens, right. and then we're just going to treat it like like a stairway we found, yeah, yeah. or like a built normal building. And, it's yeah. a, and that kind of... That super attention to detail combined with that super casual kind of like we're letting we're taking the story in the front seat as opposed to showing off our work. Yeah. That is one of the things I think I always think of those that what he said about Star Wars in relation to Uncharted, where it's like and Last of Us, where it's just like that level of detail that convinces you almost subconsciously that what you're seeing is is real or believable. I honestly don't know if there's another developer right now on a technical level that's even in Naughty Dog's league. I I don't know In enough about. I don't know if enough about game programming to say one way or the other, but I know as far as what meets my eyes, Naughty Dog is in its own class. Yeah, it's their world. Everyone else is just playing in it. Yeah. I mean, look, those games are old, and they look better than most games that are coming out now mm-hmm. for these platforms. So imagine. I mean, the same thing's going to happen with Uncharted Four. Yeah, like, I can't what, wait for the PlayStation Five remaster of Uncharted Four. Right. <laughs> and it, you know what? It's going to hold yeah. up really well because great. when you do all that hard work sort of under the hood when you rip the hood off later on it still looks amazing yeah. so so kudos. on the PlayStation 5 when you can play uh, from Nathan Drake's point of view in the Morpheus 2 yeah it'll all up <laughs> beautifully yep alright so it's time to move on to our deep dive and our deep dive this week is Call of Duty Black Ops 3 multiplayer I was fortunate enough to get in on the beta a day or two early. I played it all day. Well, not all day yesterday. I worked a good bit too, but I knew we were going to talk about it on the show today, so I played it a lot. That's work. I actually played it last night and I fell asleep while I was playing <laughs> and woke up and I had been kicked out of a match. So, huh. Where do you start with this? First of all, the thing that the, the fact of the matter is I don't know where to start because. Okay, it's, well, as someone who. You've played all the Call of Duties. All of them, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Uh, is there anything about this that jumps out at you? Is like, oh, this is different. Like, this is this is an improvement. This is a this is a lateral move. This is not like what we had before. Well, the first thing I would say is that you know we're coming off of advanced warfare. They had the exosuits mm-hmm. and the full 360 degree range of movement, and not just you can move it in 360. You could like dash in any direction. And so the first thing I would say about this game is that it actually kind of takes a bit of a step back in that regard. Like you can wall run in this game. And you kind of like vacuum onto the wall while you're wall running, but you can't jump and then dash in a direction. In fact, one of the things I loved about Advanced Warfare was how I could just just dash strafe. Like you just hold the left and click, and you dash to the left or dash to the right, and it added a whole other element to the game. And not only that, while you're in midair, you can dash in any direction. So you could jump forward and then dash back, or you could jump back and then dash forward or dash to the side or 
it gave you a lot more flexibility in how you could make it through the areas. And look, I know a lot of Call of Duty purists hated that and they thought it felt not like Call of Duty. And for them, I would say that Black Ops 3 kind of takes you back a little bit. It's a kind of a, a good middle ground in between the old CODs and advanced warfare, I guess mm -hmm. is the best way to put it, as far as movement is concerned. Um, when you start talking about like weaponry and gadgetry like in all honesty it feels very much the same like they've kind of renamed some stuff and like kind of put things in different places but they still like have a lot of the same functionality like one of the big things about the game is like you kind of choose a class in the game and there's i think there's nine total classes in the beta there's four or five they don't let you use all of them at least i haven't got to use all of them yet maybe they unlock eventually but each one of these classes basically has like two abilities that, and you can choose which one you want to use. And so some of the things that used to be called perks are now like baked in as abilities for these classes. Like for instance, one of the baked in abilities is the ability to send out a sonar and see enemies in your immediate vicinity. And so if you look down at the bottom right hand of the screen there, see that big circle? Mm -hmm. Basically it fills up over time. And once the circle gets full, you can use your abilities. And it takes quite a while for that thing to fill up. So you can't just like constantly spam your abilities over and over again. So in that way, they're different than if you had had them as perks where they're on like the whole time you're in a match. Here you can only use them in very specific instances, but they've been pretty smart about it and made sure that anything that they use for these, these so-called armor abilities are things that actually have like a huge effect. Like the one that I was using a lot was one that let me see through walls. And so when I would turn it on, guaranteed I'm getting at least one kill, at mm -hmm. least. Because what you don't realize in Call of Duty is that half of the skill in Call of Duty is picking out the enemy from the environment. Like, yeah. Look, there are some people who can sight up quicker than others, and you know people will talk about like milliseconds of lag and delay, and like, well, I have a TV that has like a crazy lag delay, and that's why I'm no. Really, people who are good at Call of Duty know where the enemies are going to be and have a really good eye at picking those enemies out of the environment, and so. You know, just getting that one burst of sonar that sends it out and paints like a couple guys, like instantly you get a couple kills. So they've been really smart with how they've assigned those and making sure that the ones that they assigned to the armor abilities and took away from the perks are ones that would actually pretty much guarantee you a kill. Mm -hmm. So that's been pretty smart. Like the maps so far, I really like the maps. They've obviously been built with the verticality in mind. And keep in mind, you know, this is the first time Treyarch's done something like this. You know, they've been sitting out the last couple years while all the the Titan Falls and the Advanced Warfares have come out where the wall running and things like, and the flying and stuff like that have become prevalent. So I, I can sense a little bit of a, a reluctance to dive in, mm -hmm. I'd say, in this game. Instead of Treyarch saying, okay, well, Advanced Warfare did this, so we're gonna one-up it. Like, they've actually like dialed it back a little bit. The other thing I'll say about this game is that it is lightning fast. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. it runs, first of all, it runs at like rock solid 60, like no sensor, even, hint of a hiccup anywhere but it just moves quick like you're uh you have unlimited sprint like you can run as much as you want in this game and i believe it's the first call of duty to include that where you don't eventually tire out like you can literally just use the run constantly and it just makes the game super fast and my biggest criticism of this game right now that based upon the time that i've played it is there's this new sliding mechanic where you can run and then slide on your knees and Man, like, look, I got into this That's thing. That's what you mean about the, the sonar paint there. That yeah, was... there it was. 
Look, I got into this thing yesterday, which was like a day and a half or two days before, you know, the beta actually was unlocked to the public, and already there were guys in there who were like level 30. So, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm guessing they're all like the the esports guys mm-hmm. that are partners with with Activision and, you know, guys like Nade Shot and stuff like that are probably the guys I was playing against, and let me tell you, they were whooping my ass. Like, I think I had three games or four games where I actually was like over like even on kills and deaths like these guys are just were just ridiculously good and so these guys use the knee slide they run and then they slide into a room and while they're sliding into the room and still sliding they shoot you in the face like there is (laughs) no defense for it and so I don't know. The game has become really complicated at this point. Like, it's not just run around and shoot people anymore. Like, because I was going to ask you, like, what about someone who's been like out of the Call of Duty game for a few games? Is this? I think you'd be in deep crap, man. <laughs> I really do. I mean, look, this one does dial it back a little bit as far as like the whole like exosuit stuff that was in Advanced Warfare. But it's still crazy complicated. Like, I couldn't imagine someone who's never played a first-person shooter picking up Black Ops 3. Like, it would Hmm. just be hilarious watching someone try to play this game. And it's so fast and, like... Yeah. I mean, look, I enjoyed it. I didn't want to stop playing. I fell asleep with the controller in my lap. Literally woke up with being booted out of a match. I was enjoying it so much. But at the same time, you know, these Whoa. these games aren't measured in a day or a night or even a week. You know, the, 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 these games are measured in months and half years and quarters. And months so, and season passes. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down mm-hmm. to with this game. Is it going to last over the long haul? And so, you know, again, being completely honest, I was certain one of the weaker guys playing. I hadn't been playing it already. I was level one. I think I got to level six or seven by the time I finished, and they were all like level 20 and level 30. So they're obviously a lot better than me. They know the maps a lot better than me, and I was getting my ass handed to me for the most part. But it is it has become like a crazy, complicated video game to play. Yeah, I mean, I, the last Call of Duty I played for any, by any extensive amount was uh, Modern Warfare 3. And this, like... When I first started watching this footage, I was wonder- I wondered if like it was being played double speed. No, it's, it, this is the it real is speed, super man. Fast. Oh yeah, it's insane. And like I said, the frame rate just adds to it. Like, my wife walked in and started getting motion sick watching it. She's like, "How do you play this?" And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And I, I guess because you know which yeah. direction you're going. Is, and- it, is this you playing? Or this is not me playing. This is no. other footage. Yeah, this is other footage. Oh, I wish this were me. <laughs> you'd be, right now, you'd be like, "What are you talking about? You dominate, Shane." <laughs> But look, I did have a lot of really cool moments, like where I'd be running on a wall, and you can fire like the gun while you're running on the wall. Mm-hmm. So there were lots of moments where I'd jump up onto a wall, start running, and like another guy would jump up on the other end of the wall, start running at me, and we were shooting at each other while we're both running mm-hmm. on the wall. Like, do you think there's some Titanfall influence here? Or oh, is, or, for sure. Or is it just like that was where these games were going to go, regardless? I mean, look, Titanfall was out probably. They had started doing some of the specking for this game. Like, Mm -hmm. it undoubtedly influenced it, just like it undoubtedly influenced Advanced Warfare. I mean, look. But truth be told, you know, I'm an OG, and if I really want to talk about what influenced what, I'll talk about Tribes, you know, which was like the first first first-person shooter I got hopelessly addicted to. Like, that was the first game where you could fly and shoot and do it well, and do it well online without crazy lags. So... I missed the tribes. Yeah, uh, you did. Because I, I didn't it. have a PC at the time. Ah. And that was, I remember that was, I used to read all those Penny Arcade, early Penny Arcade strips about 
uh, tribes and how much they were addicted to tribes. It was like, one of the most addictive games still to this one day. One of my gaming regrets that I was never involved in. I never was in tribes at the time. At the time of the tribes, still to this day, one of the most addicting games I ever played, and also one of the most challenging and rewarding games I've ever played. Like you land a shot because the other thing about tribes was like the machine guns and everything. Don't they don't do anything in that game? Like the primary weapon was like this little disc launcher where you mm. literally launched one disc that would explode when it hit something, and so. In midair to be able to time somebody flying while you're flying with this one little disc that you shoot out of your gun and hit them. There's no better feeling in first-person shooters than landing a disc shot in midair in tribes. Hmm. Like that's when you know you're leaked, basically. Because <laughs> most of the time, what you do in tribes is you try to guess the spot that the guy's going to land at, and then try to time your shot so that your shot lands right at his feet just as he lands. Like that was your best chance to like actually hit people with a disc launcher. So anyway, total tangent we're going off on here. <laughs> But look, there's there's look, there's tons of little tweaks. Like um, the kills kill streaks are the same basically. It's a point based system, so you get points for everything you do. You can see them adding up there in the footage. And then when you get to certain thresholds, you get the kill streaks. Obviously, you need more points for the better ones. There are perks that will start you out with like 120 points to kind of cut down on it. Like I said, it's kind of rebranding things because there used to be a perk where it took one less kill to get the kill streak and instead now they have this perk that like starts you off with 100 points so mm-hmm. it's kind of like repackaging rebranding a lot of stuff here's one thing i'm, glad, I'm glad you showed up yes this is a big part of the game water and going underwater man it, mm. and it does make a big difference like a lot of these games you would go into water you die yeah and so when i first started playing i was like scared to fall in the water and then i started seeing people like intentionally jumping in the water i'm like wait a minute and i jumped in there and when you go into the water there are tunnels underwater that will take you to other places in the level. Huh. Like underneath the buildings and like and it does add a complete different sense of strategy to it. And you look, you can see the map. So yeah. you can swim underwater, swim on the map to where you find someone who's right next to you, pop up out of the water and just melee them. Oh, little Splatoon influence. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then the other thing too that the slide that that I don't like about the sliding mechanic is that literally last night there were people who were playing with knives. Who mm. would just run at you and slide and kill you before you could fire a single bullet? Like the old uh, thing where you set the perks up, uh, and it was just like those knife runners. Yeah, in yeah. Old, old games. But this is even worse because oh, the yeah. slide. Look, you're already moving crazy fast. The slide, you go like double time, mm. and so somebody's running at you. You pull your gun up. When you pull your gun up, it's at like chest or head level. By the mm. time they start that slide and slide down to the ground, you don't have the time to put your gun down. To shoot them before they're on you, stabbing you with their knife. It's like next level dolphin diving. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or like the shotgun roll from the original Gears. Remember that? Like people would roll and then pop up and immediately shoot you at the shotgun. And there's like no way to stop it until they nerfed it. Yeah. And so look, it's the beta. And so I'm guessing this is exactly the type of stuff they're looking for. It's like, well, wait, the slide knife. Like (laughs) people can't stop it. And so maybe they slow down the slide a little bit or they find some way to nerf it in some way. Maybe maybe if you knife during a slide, it takes two hits to kill. Right. Yeah. Maybe they'll do something, I'm guessing, to fix it. But overall, I'm having a good time. Like it's fun, but it still is very much Call of Duty, which may make some people really happy. Um, but I, like you said, I have been playing this series for a really long time, and so I felt like Advanced Warfare was kind of a refreshing reprieve mm-hmm. from what it had become and had been. And I do feel like this is kind of a step back more to the more traditional Call of Duty games. Some people are going to love that. Personally, I'm not a fan of it as much as maybe some others might be. But, you know, I played it for a solid day. I really enjoyed it. I want to go home after we're done with the show tonight and uh, play some more, but I obviously have to work on the show and get the show up. But... An auspicious 
look at it mm -hmm. so far. Like I've enjoyed it. Um, again, there's only a few maps. We're not getting. I'm not getting access to all the classes yet. I'm not getting access to all the weapons yet or all the gadgetry mm -hmm. yet. All the gadgets so far have been gadgets that I've seen already a bunch Whoa. of times. Um, so yeah, it's nice on the eyes. Oh yeah, I mean this footage obviously doesn't look great because it's been compressed and it's running in 720p versus 1080p. But uh, oh, it's like it's bright and there's difference. You know, it looks different. Yeah, color. There's actually some colors in it instead of it just all being brown and brown and gray and. And I mean the you know the the change to like the the speed and the wall running and the and the vertic you know the verticality of the maps in this one in Advanced Warfare is nice to see. It is. Yeah. Just you know, there's only so much you can do with the standard sort of, you know single level or multi, you know, two, three level shooter map and, you know, the, there's I feel only like so much you can do with shooters, period. Right. I remember one time people were, really complaining, up. people were complaining about Call of Duty and I was like, and I just asked the audience, I'm like, what do you want them to do that they haven't done or haven't tried already? Like, what yeah. is there left? Like, if you're saying you don't like the game at that point, you probably just don't really like first-person shooters anymore. Or mm -hmm. you like a more deliberate first-person shooter. Yeah. I don't think actually. there's a problem with, you know, I know everybody complains Call of Duty is the same all the time, but it's like, Shouldn't it be like? Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it deliver or, to the or people? It's a new series, right? Yeah, but shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't it deliver to the? You know, I don't. I'm kind of done. I haven't played a COD like I said since yeah. like you know 2012 or whatever. But it's like I played a little bit of Ghosts, but it's like well, that was the worst one mm, ever. But it's like you know, shouldn't they deliver on this? Every it's like it's like it's like complaining that Madden's a football game. Every yeah, year, you're right. Because you know? <laughs> at this point, Call of Duty has become like a sport. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, how, how much can you change the rules of a sport be before the people who are really good at that sport complain? Mm -hmm. And it's like, people have already kind of fought through the whole change from the Xbox controller to the PlayStation, because that's a big deal. Yeah. you got to realize, these pro players have been using the Xbox controller, or Xbox 360 or, or Xbox One controller, all this time. It's like changing the shape of the football. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to make the football square now. And, <laughs> and now... Megatron, you, we expect the same performance mm -hmm. out of you this year. Like, it's just not feasible. So, at, at the same at the same token, would it have been smart for them to make another Advanced Warfare and just copy last year's game? Probably not. No. Um, I will say Black Ops 2 is probably my favorite online Call of Duty ever as far as, like, having fun. And probably it's because of the one I was best at. I think that's typically <laughs> how it works. <laughs> well, that helps. <laughs> just being honest. Well, certainly I like Battlefield 1942 the exactly. best. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of how it works. So uh, Wake Island for life. So, I don't look, I don't know if any of you guys are on the beta. If you are, uh, hit me up. I'm playing it on PlayStation 4, obviously. It's the only one that's been released so far. And my gamer tag is Dinfire, uh, just like my Twitter tag. So, uh, hit me up. Send me an invite. And we will play some Call of Duty Black Ops 3 until they tell us we can't anymore, or until I have to play something else, which, honestly, I probably have to do anyway. So uh -huh. jump on in the next couple of days, and we will play together. So let's see if we can try to drum up a question or two this week. I know last week it didn't work out because basically the whole thing had crashed, and I apologize for that. It was very awkward, too, watching the show later on in the day. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, Twitch yeah, app didn't work. Oh, yeah. mm. I just sitting there like fumbling around with it the whole time. So, ooh, but, we've been talking a while. Let's see. Oh yeah, someone brought up Game GameStop Expo. That's another one that's coming up. Oh really wow, soon. yeah, yeah. yeah there's that? all. I don't, is it in Vegas? I think so. I think it is in Vegas. Uh, let's see. Mm. Everyone's still talking about uh, Call of Duty. 
Yeah, I don't know. We're we're in the, we're in the twitch lag zone. Yeah, well, I think it's like twenty seconds. There's a setting. Yeah, it that takes you can, a while. There's a setting that you can adjust so that the lag isn't as bad. But then people who have moderate connections will get like buffering while they're watching it. So mm-hmm. we've erred on the side of caution and uh, decided to use the traditional twitch streaming. We can stall for time. We're good at that. Let's see. When are sifted forums going up? Good one. Good so, question. Yeah, it is a good question. Um, I have been looking at the forums for the last week or so, and the forums look freaking awesome. I am really, really excited about the forums. The community page is done. Community page collects like all this stuff onto one page. It'll, and you guys have probably already seen how your profile pages have changed over time. Well, the community page is kind of going to be like your profile pages now. It's going to give you a good snapshot of what's going on in the entire community. That page is finished. We have the the actual threads done, how the threads are going to work, how the threads are going to look, how your avatars are going to work, where all the quoting and, and all that stuff takes place. The only thing that we're working on right now, the only thing that's left, is the master forums page, where the, basically the page that has like all the forum options for you guys. And actually, if you guys have a request for forums, feel free to share them on Sifted, because right now we're trying to figure out exactly what forums we want. Because we're just starting out, we don't want to have a million forums, because if you do, then a lot of them are empty. So right now we're talking about maybe having four or five different forums when we launch the forums. There's going to be gaming. There's going to be an off-topic. We're going to have a forum where you can ask people for help when you're stuck on video games, because I feel like that's a really valuable tool for people. Um, but so anyway, we have like a few ideas for the forums that we're going to work with right now. Um, but if you guys have suggestions for any of those, feel free to share those on Sifted. Uh, feel free to share those in the comments of this show when the show is archived on Sifted. Um, we will certainly listen to your feedback. To give you a day, I don't know. Like it's going, it's going really fast. Like Brent has honestly only worked on the forums hardcore for like a week or so, and they're like already finished. So they could be done any day. They could just be like blogs where we're not really talking about them, and then one day you show up on the site and there they are. But they are really getting close to being completed, and you should be excited about them because they are really cool. I'm really excited about it. Uh, here's the thing. Thoughts on Picross 3D2? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, what games are you most excited for this year, guys? That is from Gus Bricker. Mm. What's your most anticipated? I know what yours is. What's mine? It's Battlefront. Yeah. 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 Unless No Man's Sky comes out this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually starting to lean towards Battlefront, too, I have to say. Mm. I, uh, I was a little... I got to play it, you know, again at, at D23, the split screen, um, and it just, I, it really feels good. It's smooth. It's got that rock solid sixty feel. Um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I got a Star Wars. Just hasn't, it's never looked better. So. E3 sold it for me. E3 was like the big game changer. For well, me. if I wasn't already sold the Fighter Squadron mode, uh, I might play that more than the regular modes, frankly. But yeah. it's, yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah. I would say Battlefront for sure is number one until No Man's Sky gets a release date. Yeah. I one way or the other, space. Space. Spaceship. Let's see. I have a couple more questions here. What do you guys, this is from Helters. What do you guys think about Zombie, formerly Zombie U, being released on the other consoles and stuff? Isn't that weird? I think it's weird that they would bother to do that because that game was so reliant upon yeah. the gamepad. It's like. Like, I wonder what. Because look, like otherwise what, how that does game it play is, now? Well, the, the, the thing is, is like otherwise that game is a really crappy first-person shooter. <laughs> like, it is bad. What made me like that game was the atmosphere that the gamepad brought. Like having mm-hmm. like those radio transmissions coming through the gamepad, and like 
it was made for that platform. It was made for the Wii U. And I, you know, I'm guessing Ubisoft lost its butt on that game because it didn't sell well, and they probably dumped a ton of money into it. I think they're just trying to hope that they can recoup some of their costs on it. But yeah, I think it's stupid that they released that game. Did that come out already? Is that like next week? It came week? out today, actually. Okay. Yeah. Because I haven't seen anything. Lots of big news today. Everyone's saying, why? <laughs> w. Matthew, why no Fallout 4? I mean, that would probably be my second pick. Yeah, I mean, Fallout 4, like. Uh, I mean, I, I played. Fall, I mean, I played Wasteland to death. I played the Fallouts to death. I played Fallout 3 to death. Um, as far as Fallout 4 goes. Um, I'm excited, but like I guess I just don't know enough yet. Yeah, and I, I feel like I know too much already. I don't want to know any well, more, you know, more about like that game. Like they said this, I think yesterday or the day before, like we're not going to talk about the story until it launches. We're keeping it all yeah. under wraps. And like so, I mean, I guess like to me, Fallout Four is such a given that I'm going. It's like Zelda. It's like I don't need to see anymore. I don't need to be excited. It's a given. I'm going. It's like to, no matter I'm, what, I'm going to play yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to play it. It's it's like, it's like it's like. Are you excited for for dinner tonight? I'm like, well. I, I'm sure I'm going to be hungry, you know, but it's like I'm, it's a it's a given. So I, I I will always play a Fallout game. So I'm more excited about Battlefront because I, I kind of wonder what that's going to be and what's the fighter squadron going to feel like. And what's it like Fallout Four? As much as it, it seems to have advanced, I feel like I've kind of got a handle on that. Yeah. And it's just uh, it's just sort of in the back of my mind. It's not it's not the forefront of my excitement. Yeah. So right. you, you need you need a little mystery for it. No, you're right. I agree, hundred percent. It's like I'm not watching any more. Uh trailers for the new Star Wars movie. I'm just not. It's like, mm-hmm. I get it. I kind of know what it's about. I'm I keep saying that, but then I do. I am not. So I did I not watch the one from D23, and I'm done. I'm not watching anymore. There was, I don't think there was one. I thought there was. There was like mm-hmm. a couple of new scenes that were released or whatever. There were, there were some pictures, and so there was a photo of... Uh, a photo of Mark Hamill as like in his Jedi right. Master That's a, outfit. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm right. totally on blackout now for that movie. Like I know mm. enough about it that I'm hook, line, and sinker in there. I'm I'm good. I'm gonna screw it up because I'm gonna go get that. Uh, I'm, on the fourth, I'm totally gonna go buy all the toys. And and there's also I don't know if anyone's seen this yet, but there's this thing called, coming out called Legendary Yoda that I saw at um, at D23, and it's like this. It's like this big, and it's an animatronic Yoda. And it's like the best animatronic stuff I've ever seen on a commercial level. Like it's like you, you talk to it and it's voice sensitive and like you can press its foot and it does stuff. But you can put a lightsaber in his hand or a, his like walking stick in his hand and that makes him like warrior mode or like wisdom mode. And so like you can he'll teach you about the force and like if he has the lightsaber he like swings it around and like spins around and like jumps around. It's and it's like it's got like almost like Pirates of the Caribbean style animatronics where they have that. It doesn't look like animatronics. It's stopping correctly, and it looks really good. So that comes out on the fourth too, and I think that's like 180 bucks. And I'm like, uh, and I'm, I would have laughed, laughed it until I saw it in person, and like heard it like talking. You can ask us like, do you sense the dark side? And he like look around the room and like, oh, wow. and tell you if you're like at risk to the dark side. <laughs> like his hand will glow with the force and stuff. And I'm like, it's like it's like just that right combination of ridiculous and awesome. Yeah. That I, 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 I I urge people to look out for that one. Okay, so I'm just going to answer a couple of questions really quickly here. Um, let's see. From Boulevard 33, are still going to showcase user blogs? Yes. And the problem we have, the reason we haven't been showcasing them so far is because basically to find your user blogs right now, we have to go and click on every person's individual profile to go see them. And so on the new community page that I was talking about earlier, it will have a snapshot of blogs on that page. So it'll make it a lot easier for, not just for us to find them, but for everybody to find like the most recent blogs that have been posted by the community. So once that happens, we will start featuring them. I'm gonna start poking around a little bit anyway and start trying to find some good ones. I've actually read a couple that were really good already. 
Uh, but we are going to do that. It'll be much more robust once that community page is finished. Uh, let's see. Uh, all these other comments came in. They got rid of all the questions. Oh, here's a good one. Shane, is the show going to be on Tuesday going forward from News N? Um, maybe? It's like, here's the thing. It's like once you get started on a day, you need first of all, you need the seven days to make sure there's enough news to mm. float a show. And actually, this show was kind of tough to put together. It's been a bit of a slow week. Yeah, it was Although a, it was... you wouldn't know by the time we rambled on. But Yeah, well, we, <laughs> we, li we like to talk. so We do, especially about games. And so we need a certain amount of time to make sure there's enough content for the show. And at the same time, it's like you don't want to, you, we don't want to do a show in a few days. It doesn't have any content in it. So mm. we had talked about after doing the show last Tuesday, we're going to try to do one on Saturday. And then he and I started texting back and forth, and we're like, what do we talk about? There was like two topics that we really could have gotten good discussions about. So probably for the time being, Tuesdays are going to be the day. Um, things could change once stuff starts picking up, once more of the games start coming out. Like I said earlier, there's a big game every week going forward for the rest of the year. So, yeah. And since games come out on Tuesday... It's kind you know, of a good day for the show, although I, I don't although know. Although you never know, like maybe if we want to give us like a, ourselves a day to play them. Yeah, well, I mean, look, most cases the review will be done, the game eval will be up on Sifted, right. but Tuesdays are going to be crazy for me when the releases start ramping up because we have to publish you have to curate all, all that, the, yeah. and we have to publish all the our own game evals mm -hmm. too, and so Tuesdays are always going to be a scramble. So we'll see. I would probably say for the next few weeks it's going to be Tuesday, um, and again, if you guys have a preferred day that you want us to do it. Put it in the comments in the show archive. Um, that's the best way for you to communicate with us about Game Face unless you want to hit us up on Twitter. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Another good one in the books. Episode 20, a landmark milestone episode. We'll see you guys probably next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out.